magnify the Lord and my spirit praise His name for that could not hold Him captive even in the grave Jesus is Lord even despite all the challenges despite all the trials and temptations despite all the nailing on the cross despite the death death could not hold Jesus captive Lord we are deeply grateful to you therefore Lord because death could not hold him captive this morning oh God our prayer is that concerning every of our desire and expectations our worries and our fears Lord that you will breathe your coolness and your balm, even unto us, that as we have come this morning to hear your word, Father Almighty, let every human sense be dumb, let every flesh retire, but speak to us, O Lord, in clear words, that we may be edified even from your word. To you be all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to say happy Easter to all of us. Happy Easter. I want to quickly say that Easter is a time that we all know, that we remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus. But Jesus did not just die. He went through so much before he died. Not for his own sake, but for our own sake, for our sins. No matter how many they were, how many they are, Jesus went all the way to Calvary for us. And on the third day after he had died, he rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. Indeed, we are victorious. To God be the glory in the name of Jesus. There is no better time for me to talk about Easter or to preach about Easter than this particular season. In this season, the world itself is going through a lot of travail, a lot of challenges here and there. And so Easter is a time for healing, a time for both physical and spiritual healing, a time for recovery and restoration. And it will be so unto us today in the name of Jesus. 
Interestingly, the theme of this chapel this year is, O Lord, revive thy work, revive thy people in the midst of the years. In fact, the Lord has been very gracious unto us. This revelation, to use this as a theme this year, is as if, is as if, in fact, it's not as if because God knew that these challenges will come upon us. And this is indeed a time for revival. If there is any other time, no time is better than now for us to receive revival. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so, what better place is there to talk about revival, to talk about Easter, to talk about resurrection, than the chapel of his resurrection itself? This chapel, of course, was um, was um, established by Christ himself because he wants the people of the chapel to reach out to those who are sick, to bring restoration unto them spiritually and physically, and also to reach out to the environment, those who have not heard the gospel of Christ, that they may hear. So, once again, I welcome you, people of God. Unfortunately, this is also a time in our lifetime, on our journey to eternity, when a lot of hearts have become so cold. A lot of hearts have become so fear-laden. We have become so afraid that indeed this revival is more than necessary. To every weary soul, to every soul that requires a resurrection, it will be so again today in the name of Jesus. It is a time for dry bones to come back to life. It is a time for dead, 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 dead businesses, dead families, any area of our lives that hitherto had been dead will come back to life today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No matter what has held us down, whether it has been seen, spiritual distancing, fear, the Lord will restore us today in the name of Jesus. Now the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and of course our own resurrection too requires a lot of faith. It requires what? A lot of faith. Fear truly may not be the grammatical opposite of faith. But people of God, I want to tell you that fear Fear is the spiritual opposite of faith. And so faith and fear cannot go together. And resurrection requires faith. No wonder Jesus will say, each time he comes to raise somebody from the dead, many a time he will say, do you believe? He will say, do not worry. He is only sleeping. Do you believe? This morning, my question to us is, do we believe that we will resurrect with Jesus? Not just on the last day, like Mary and Martha were thinking, but even today, it shall be so in the name of Jesus. You know, with Jairus' daughter, let's look at it from Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, I want to read from verse 49. Scripture says that while he was speaking, someone came from the ruler's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. 
do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made well. And if you go down to verse 53, it says, and they ridiculed him. <laughs> they ridiculed Jesus. They ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. And you know what Jesus did after that? Scripture says he put them away. He put them outside. In this period, in this season, you must put away anything, anybody for that matter, that instills fear in your heart. For fear and recovery and resurrection cannot go hand in hand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It does not really matter for how long that challenge has been there. It doesn't matter for how long that fear has been there, that illness, that lack has been there. The Lord this morning is set to resurrect us in the name of Jesus. Now in Israel, at a point in their history, they had, I mean, they had left the Lord for so long. And because they have left the Lord, a lot of punishment came unto them. Nations that were smaller than them. Nations that were, I mean, that could not, that were nobodies, were able to defeat Israel. Took Israel into slavery because of their sin. But you know, in Hosea chapter 6, verse 2a, it's a scripture we have read several times in this chapel. Scripture says, God was telling them, he said, look, after two days, I will revive you. After two days, people of God, the Lord will revive us in the name of Jesus. Two days might mean to us. It might mean 20 years. It could mean anything. It could mean as long as possible. But the Lord says he will revive us. For that was why Jesus came, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Praise the Lord. Unfortunately, some of us have also left those challenges. Have also left that spiritual distancing. To linger for longer than two days. And it had entered the third day. Praise the Lord. It had entered the third day. But on the third day too, Jesus was raised from the dead. And so it is not impossible for us to, even if we have entered the third day of our distancing ourselves from God, of, of, of sickness, of lack. This is the third day. Scripture says that the Lord will yet raise us up. Hosea 6, verses, verse 2b. It says, on the third day, he will raise us up. Hallelujah. Now, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, says that if the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies. Through his spirit that dwells in us. People of God, it is well with us in the name of Jesus. And I want to just say something. You know, the letter, the number three is very significant in scripture. Not only in scripture, in our daily lives it is significant. Because you know, the Igbo people, they will usually say, Nihelo Nanketo, Omegini, Oto. Then in Jewish tradition those days, three meant that something is complete. In fact, in the scripture, three means completion. When something is complete, the, the number three 
and the number seven is usually used to represent completeness. Even in the secular world, when you, if you have ever watched wrestling, when somebody is thrown down, the referee will go and count one, two, and at the third count, he will say it is all over. So three signifies completeness. And so you may begin to wonder, why did Jesus have to remain in the grave for three days? Why did he have to stay there for as long as three days? I mean, he had died. Couldn't he have just risen up on the first day? But no, because of that Jewish tradition, because of what three signifies to them, it was important that Jesus remained in the grave for three days so that it would be obvious to everybody that of a truth, Jesus was dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is that challenge that has remained for up to three days and longer? Like Lazarus, it was four days. Today, he will raise us up in the name of Jesus. He will raise us up in the name of Jesus. Now, for how long has that business been dead? For how long has that marriage been dead? For how long has our Christian life been dead? The Lord is set to revive us. Now, Paul's description of the resurrection, as we read in the epistle that we read, let's just look at it. Paul's description of the resurrection. Remember, our, our topic today is actually the meaning and the importance of resurrection. So we are talking about the resurrection of Jesus on this Easter morning. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14. Let's see how, how Paul puts it. Paul says, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is what? Is empty. So number one, is that resurrection is the full preaching. Hallelujah. Resurrection is the full preaching. So any message of the gospel that is devoid of the resurrection of Jesus is incomplete preaching. That's what Paul was trying to say. Now, further down, that's in verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 15. He says, and your faith is also empty. So that also tells me that resurrection is the full faith. Faith. It is the fullness of our faith. It is in resurrection that our faith is seen to be full. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 17, it says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. So the resurrection is the useful faith. Is the faith that is useful. In other words, your faith is useless if you do not understand the resurrection. If you do not believe in the resurrection, then your faith is useless. There is just no point. We also know that scripture says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 that without the shedding of blood that there is no Remission. There is no forgiveness of sin. But the question is, 
How do we even know? What is the evidence that the sacrifice that has been offered has been accepted by God after the blood had been shed? How do we know? If you read Judges chapter 13, verses 19 and 20. Judges 13, 19 and 20. It says, So Manoah, that's the father of Samson, after the angel had come and told them about the birth of Samson that was yet to come. In verse 19 he says, So Manoah took the young goats with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. Verse 20 says, It happened as the flame went up towards the heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Praise the Lord. In Leviticus, scripture says that as sacrifices are made, it ascends, burnt offering are made, it ascends even unto God as a sweet-smelling savour. So the evidence of the acceptance of a sacrifice is in the resurrection and the ascension. Praise the Lord. People of God, praise the Lord. The evidence we have that the sacrifice of Jesus was acceptable unto God was that he was resurrected. He was not only resurrected, he also ascended a sweet-smelling savour unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. So of what use then is the resurrection of Jesus? Unto us, those of us who are alive today, of what use, of what significance is it? Number one is that it is the assurance that we are never down and out. It is the assurance that we are not finished yet. It is the assurance that there is hope in that area of your life. In Ezekiel 36, it was the dry bones, bones that had been dry for a long time, that God spoke and the bones were called back to life. It shall be so unto us today again in the name of Jesus. Number two is that it is also the evidence of death's defeat. The final blow that has been given unto death is the resurrection. You know, I, 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 I used to tell people that. For me, the napkin, the handkerchief that was folded at the head of where Jesus lay in the grave. You know, it was neatly folded. That was how the disciples saw it. For me, it, it, it signified that Jesus was not in a hurry to leave the grave. It wasn't like he was in a hurry. He beat death. Beat death so much that, you know, when you are stronger than somebody, you finish beating that person. You, you don't run away. You just walk away. So, it, 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 the time was taken. The, the, the hanky was folded, you know, and he, he walked away. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some others have given different interpretations to the handkerchief, but let's leave it there for now. Now, the fourth thing is that the resurrection is also the hope of those who are sleeping in the Lord. For our brethren who have gone before us, who sleep in the Lord, it is the hope that they have that there is going to be a resurrection morning. It is the hope they have 
that they haven't served the Lord in vain. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 18. He puts it this way. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. That is if Christ did not arise. But because Christ arose, then they have not perished. They will yet arise in the name of Jesus. They will yet arise in the name of Jesus. Now, the first thing is that the resurrection will bring us into the presence of the Almighty God. That is our hope. That after all of these, after Corona, after everything, when death comes, it will, it will not only resurrect, but it will bring us even into the presence of God. Because for us too, there will be an ascension even as the rapture happens. Hosea chapter 6 verse 2c puts it this way. He says, that we may live in his sight. That we may do what? Live in his sight. Do you want to live in the sight of God? For me, I want to. I want to. If you want to live in the sight of God, can I just see your hand? Oh, praise the Lord. So you find that everyone desires the resurrection. But here is the problem. Resurrection has two requirements. That is for resurrection to occur. There are two important ingredients that must be there. Number one is faith. Number two is a death to self. Faith and a death to self. Now in Hebrews chapter 2, chapter 11 verse 1, a popular verse in scripture, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now, so it means that faith is a substance. You can almost, you can touch it. You can touch it. It's a substance. It is an evidence. The lawyers know this better than we do. It is an evidence. You can tender it. And they say, okay, what is the evidence you have that you're going to rise up again? Faith. Present it. This is my evidence. My evidence is faith. So it is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So somehow, I, I, I put it this way. I say that faith is the substantial evidence that there will be a resurrection. Praise the Lord. You know, when Jesus was speaking to Mary and Martha in John chapter 11, Martha was saying to Jesus, yes, I know my brother will arise on the third day. I mean, uh, I know he will arise on the last day. He will arise. I know. Jesus was trying to let her know that. He wasn't talking about the last, a future event. He was talking about a present event. Lazarus will arise. But Mary did not understand it. And somehow, for me, I mean, I, I, I bear with her. Because remember that Mary was more of the cook. You know, so maybe when Jesus was giving that lecture to Mary... Martha wasn't there. So Martha, Martha I meant, was not usually there. So, I mean, I understand that Martha may not fully understand that it was that day that Jesus was talking about. But the shocking thing was that even when Mary also came, Mary also expressed that worry, that fear. Mary did not also 
understand that Lazarus was going to rise from the dead on that day. She didn't understand it. When Jesus got near, they were even telling him, no, Master, he is dead four days ago. He is already smelling. And you know, what I believe is that many of us think that Jesus wept in that particular chapter because he was just human. Yes, he was human. That was why he was able to weep. But that was not really why Jesus was weeping, if you ask me. Jesus was weeping because he couldn't just understand it. That even Mary did not understand what he was talking about. What he meant when he said, look, your brother will rise again. And so Jesus wept. Is Jesus weeping on account of your faithlessness today? Is Jesus weeping on account of your, 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 your lack of trust in him, lack of faith in him? Is all that you are seeing just coronavirus? Are you seeing Jesus? Our faith needs to come up this morning. Our faith needs to do what? Come up this morning. Now, the second requirement for the resurrection to occur, people of God, is a death to self. A death to self. Let's just read John chapter 12, 24 and 25. John 12, 24 and 25. Now before, before then, of course, some people had come to the disciples of Jesus and they told him, and they told them, we want to see the master. Please help us, take us to the master. We want to see him. And you know, Jesus was wondering, so... How is it that he's going to be able to, he's going to see everybody who wants to see him physically? It's not possible that he will see everybody physically because he was going to go away. And so he begins to tell them this in John chapter 12, 24. I read, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Jesus was talking about his resurrection. And of course, that when he has risen from the dead, he will equip us. And we will be able to be those that the people will come to see. No wonder when he arose and he came to where the disciples were in the room, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they began to function optimally. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now you may want to ask, except a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. How does it relate to a death to self? Yes, except you, you give up your own freedom and entrust every other thing to God, to Jesus, to guide you and lead you. So that when they say, go for evangelism, you will go. You will leave Chelsea and mind you and go for evangelism. You will leave going to do one other thing that doesn't matter. And go for evangelism. 
So, in other words, you have died to self. You are the corn, the wheat, the grain that has died to self. And when you have gone for these things that the Lord desires you to go for, evangelism, winning of souls, those souls you have won are what? The products of your resurrection. The products of the seed growing out again. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have you been working in his vineyard? If we die to self, people of God, we will indeed bear much fruit. Finally, I just want to say again, some of us may just be wondering, you know, well, not just some of us, but I also looked at this particular scripture from another perspective. I said, but I began to search. The corn that we store in the house, because sometimes we keep corn in the house, and it stays for a very long time. And later, when you bring it out, and you sow it, it germinates. So I began to wonder, for how long will a grain stay before it finally dies? Before is it, or is, it, is it that a grain doesn't die? And I, and I saw that a grain can live for as long as 2,000 years, or even more. Depending on how it is stored. Depending on what? On how it is stored. If it is stored in a place where it is contaminated, especially by moisture, after some time, it will no longer be able to resurrect. It won't be able to produce fruit. If you like, sow it. It will remain there. It will abide alone. Praise the Lord. And so for us, how does that relate to us? How have you stored your heart? Where are you storing it? Are you storing your heart in fear? Like the people of the world. Or are you storing it in the Lord, in the bosom of the Lord? Have you entrusted your care and your burdens on him? If you store your heart well in Jesus, you know what will happen? You know what will happen? Like the grain that is stored well, you will, in fact, more than that grain, you will live forever. You will do what? You will live forever. So when the husband man returns, like scripture says, we will arise with him. We will do what? We will arise with him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So my question for us this morning is simple and straightforward. Will your mortal body be able to arise? After the Lord has brought resurrection into different areas of our lives, have you stored your soul in the blood of the Lamb? Does it have the potential to arise? Let us pray. Will you be ready when the Lord shall come? Will you be ready when the Lord 
shall come, oh yes, I will be ready, I will be ready, I will be ready when the Lord shall come, oh yes, I will be ready. I will be ready, I will be ready when the Lord shall come. You cannot be ready if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus into your life. This morning, can you speak to the Lord? Wherever you are, whether you are here or you are hearing me from somewhere else, You cannot be ready. You cannot arise when the master returns. Can you speak to the Lord at this time? Jesus came, suffered and died for us. For our sake, he remained in the grave for three days. And yet, he arose again. Can you ask the Lord to have mercy on you? Talk to him. You want to give your life to him. Just say this simple prayer. Lord Jesus I thank you because you came and died for my sins. Thank you, O Lord, because I know that I was a sinner. In fact, Lord, thank you because before now I know that I am a sinner. But because you have died for me, I accept you into my life as my Lord and Savior. Wash me clean. Put in me your Holy Spirit. May I serve you from today henceforth. That on the day when you return, that I will also arise in the name of Jesus. Our great Father in heaven, we give you thanks, O Lord, because you have spoken to us. Thank you because you have spoken to us in different areas of our lives. Thank you that we know for sure that because Jesus arose, then Lord, every other challenge we have shall have a resurrection in the name of Jesus. Our businesses shall be resurrected in the name of Jesus. The challenges in our, in our families, oh Lord, you will resurrect peace in our homes in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you, oh God, because you will keep our hearts ready and prepared for you when you return. May it be so with us, with all of your children, to your praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.